0: just go to cars.com. It's magical. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? Going to make this one quick tonight. Rockets fall 134-104 to the Spurs. Not, not a good night for the Rockets, let's just be real. But uh, Mike, you probably have a little bit more animated of a reaction to this game, so I'll give you the mic for this one.
1: No, I mean, what did, what did they talk about over the past three days? It's been, what, three full days since we've played, correct?
0: Yeah, they had three off days. What in the world did they do
1: at those practices? Those- Clearly not enough. Uh, Clearly not enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know what? I- I'm so disgusted by this performance that I'm not even angry. You know what? Does that make sense? Like, what is there to talk about? They came out and got embarrassed by a crappy Spurs team on their own home floor. I mean, Tillman Fertitta should give whoever went to this game their money back.
0: That's how bad they looked tonight. They were never in this game. They were flat-footed. They were flat-footed all game. And it just, you know, when they they had a lead, uh, I think it was like a three-point lead with like uh, two minutes to go in that first quarter, and they gave that huge run at the end of the first quarter and never really recovered from that. And it was just... Like the whole game just, they just looked flat. Like there was no, they just, and and you know what? Sometimes that happens when, when you do have so much time off, you know, sometimes it's either a good thing when you are well rested and sometimes you forget the rhythm that you were in and the, the three days off totally broke their rhythm from what they had on the road for those five games. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I, I mean, you
1: don't even play. Silas looked lost tonight. Um, I, I gotta tell you this, man. I am really hoping that something physically is wrong with Jalen Green. Like, I hope if that makes—I don't know if that sounds good—but I'm, I'm almost I get what you're praying saying. You for hope an that, Like,
0: what's going on with yeah. him is something that he can't control. He just looks
1: bad. He, he yeah. it's time to face this head on. He was three of 16 tonight, one of eight from the three point line.
0: Coming off of an 0 and 11,
1: yeah. Like, is he the athleticism is there? You know, he had that nice dunk in the fourth quarter, so maybe it's not an injury, and maybe he just sucks right now.
0: Well, look at the shots that he was taking, right? Look yes. at the shots he was taking. It wasn't like all, every shot he was taking was a poor shot. Sure. They just They're aren't, just not going, they in. aren't yeah. going in. And, yeah. and that could just be the basketball gods just are angry at Jalen Green for whatever reason. Maybe. You know what honestly it is, Mike? The basketball gods probably mm-hmm. live in Detroit, and they don't <laughs> like that he said that he didn't want to live there. That's That's a logical explanation. That's fair. But the thing is, I feel like there is no logical explanation for it. You know, sometimes shooters just go through bad, you know, bad stretches of time. That's what we talked about on the last episode against the Warriors, where, you know, that is just just sometimes how it goes. And and you got to shoot out of it. So I'm glad that he was taking those shots tonight. And I mean, that first shot went in but it really wasn't much after that yeah. it was the shot the nope. first three of the game the dunk and he had one more stuck in the middle there but it's just you know it'll it'll come around for him i think he's too good to to just like fizzle out and look he's only 33 games into the league and that's that's ultimately why i really don't have much to say about this game this isn't one of those games to me where it's like oh my god you know like wake up call we're bad because you yeah. know, this is well, they are bad. Yeah. I mean, like we knew <laughs> that already. And right. this isn't like something that's like, Oh my God, like, you know, this isn't really like a wake up call game. It's just, you know, cause we saw what happened last week against Utah against golden state. And that energy that was on the road is something that they didn't have tonight. And I think part of that maybe was because they were, maybe they came into this game a little bit cocky. Maybe they were like, Oh, like we played so well on the road. We were going to come in, take care of business against the Spurs team that we also beat on the road just two weeks ago, and the Spurs came in ready for blood. yeah, they did,
1: and my my biggest problem is is always effort with this team because you just you saw it tonight they they didn't care on either end of the court they didn't put forth the effort needed in order to compete. I think one thing though, I know Jalen Green got sixteen shots. But watching this game from beginning to end, which if you did, I mean, props to you. They don't create enough plays for Jalen Green, in my opinion. They don't have enough offensive
0: sets where they get him. There's not a whole lot of creativity yeah. in the shots that they create. That's for the him. problem. It's Thanks. more yeah. so of the, okay, let's you know run him off of a screen or two in here and have wow. him pull up from this spot. I feel like Jaylen That's a problem. Just, That's a problem. He's not getting enough of the shots that like he is comfortable with. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's they they
1: can create those plays for a guy like Garrison Matthews. You see it multiple times. Christian Wood is good enough to create his own shot. I'll tell you this, man. I I think a guy like Josh Christopher gets more of his own shots than I thought he would be at this point in his career. Jalen Green's not there. That's a major problem, Jeremy, is not necessarily the fact that they're not going in. It's the fact that he's not being assertive enough, not demanding. I think there's a difference between demanding the ball and being assertive on the court. He's not nearly assertive enough. And I think they've got to figure that out most importantly.
0: That's the most just, important thing yeah. for the rest of the
1: year. I don't I think there's think a more I, I just think that he's
0: in his head. Yeah. I just think that he's in his head because it's like – you know, after you have one game, like, uh, let me look at his last, like, four or five games, okay? it so, terrible. Yeah, it's not, not good. Um, but coming off of that Kings game, the second Kings game, the win, he had 15 points on 6 of 10 shooting. But since then, against the Jazz, 3 of 13. Against the Warriors, 0 for 11. And against the Spurs, 3 of 14. So, in his last three games, he is 6 for 30 eight. It's not good. Not good. But like, like, here's, here's my thing though. Right. You, you, you scroll back to like a year, like a couple months, like a month ago. Right. And I can pull up, um, you know, when he was against, okay. So like here, you see against Washington, eight of 17, Dallas, four of eight, Then he has an off game against Minnesota, 3 of 10. But then against Philly, 6 of 12. So that's like three games, you know, that were this month, Mike, in January. He was shooting above. Mm -hmm. He shot above 50% in three out of four games. So it's just like, and yeah, we're talking about a four-game stretch here or a three-game stretch where he's just been really bad. We could, that could totally change in the next game. It really ultimately is a matter of, you know will the shots just finally go in and i think that's that's kind of what the rockets think with him i think that because they are still drawing up the same amount of plays for him and he's still getting up double digit shots on a nightly basis and he is shooting the most on the team which i think is important as the starting two guard on the team you sh- you know you tend to get most of the shots so I don't think that that's the issue. With I think I think the the I think the Rockets are not panicking, which is important. And I think because they even though it's been bad, I don't think there has been enough to really push the panic button here.
1: Well, no, especially after the road trip that they just got done with.
0: Yeah, you know, it was
1: just it was really disappointing. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed you know, in their, in the way they look tonight. It's
0: disappointing because we know they could have played
1: a lot better tonight than they did. Exactly. You know, if you got beat like this by golden state, if you got beat like this by Philadelphia, that's a lot different than San Antonio. You know, to me is you let guys like drew Eubanks come in here and just wipe the floor with you, you know, your guy, Doug, you know, Doug McDermott, I know how big of a fan you are of him. Uh, so respect to big Doug, Doug McBucket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he let's more know, so man. in college, but yeah, for sure. But tonight, you know, I, I get the he Jalen Green is still getting his shots up and that's important to note. I would just like to see more creativity because he's taking mostly good shots, but get him easier shots, you know? What yeah, if, I think what, that, you know, not one time tonight, they're not even running, run a pick and roll with Jalen Green. You know, get him the ball at the top of the key, but they don't do that because they have Kevin Porter Jr. or they have Christian Wood. I want to see more direction with Jalen Green being the true focal point with the ball in his hands. Yeah. I think that's what will get him out of this funk that he's in. And there's a massive date looming in about 13 days, and that's the NBA trade deadline. This team is going to look so much differently, in my opinion, in about three weeks. So I think that's something to note here. That tonight sucked. I think much better times are on the horizon.
0: Very. I'll soon. say I'll say this though. When when it comes Jalen, that's the last we'll talk about about tonight's game, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the deadline. But sure. Um, I think when it comes to Jalen, ever before the NBA, when he was in high school, AAU, even the G League he was around the same size as his opponent for most, for the most part. Mm -hmm. And because of his athleticism against these same sized opponents, he was able to get what he wanted. He was able to get the bucket. He was able to drive. He was able to shoot. He was able to use his driving ability to really dictate his whole game. And because he is very skinny in NBA standards and he's only 19, he's going to the rim Against much bigger defenders, who all they have to do is really just put their hands up and just go straight up and they contest the shot and it doesn't go in. And Jalen doesn't get those calls yet because he is a rookie and he is a very skinny guy. And I think once he puts on that weight and he becomes more of a dominant force, then I think he's going to start getting those calls and then he can start really, you know, painting a picture on his game. And That's gonna take time. And, you know, Cole, like I I've read some Kobe like, you know, comparisons. I'm not saying Jalen Green's Kobe, but Kobe struggled right coming out in the league because of the exact same reason. And obviously, yeah, Kobe was in a much different situation than Jalen is, but you know, going from directly from, you know, the G League to the NBA is not just, you know, as easy as it sounds.
1: Yeah, and, and he's also
0: it's a timing he- thing. Yeah, he's he's
1: listed at six four, one eighty six. In my eyes, he needs to be about six four, two hundred pounds. Two hundred to two oh five. Yeah, two fifteen to twenty. Yeah, to, well, yeah, anything north of two, I'd say two twenty five is probably the most I would like. Some muscle at. on him, muscle up on exactly. him, guys. Exactly. I But I think like six four, like two ten, is right where I think he should be, and that's the. The muscle in him—he's got so much room, and if he continues to improve as a shooter, like the skill is there—I'm not doubting the skill. But I will say this: that on the whole, I have been disappointed with his performance thus far this year. Right? It's possible to say, like so many people on Rockets Twitter, I feel like get so angry if you're, uh, if you're, you know, criticizing a guy. You know, it is possible to criticize a guy, but also be one of their biggest fans. But I I love Jalen Green. I'm such a big fan of his.
0: Yeah. At the same time, Mike, um, he's been disappointed. Yeah, but like, not like reading something, it comes across very. uh, It it doesn't like when you say it and you hear the complexion in someone's voice, Mm -hmm. it is a lot, you know, there is a lot more context there. Sure. Just typing out, oh, Jalen, you know, sucks, or or Jalen is having a bad night, and you're when you're restricted to, you know, a certain number of characters, you know, you're not able to get off everything you want to say, so it's, you know, tweets can be very misleading in that, but if you understand that, you know, tweets are only, you know, only so much of a person, then yeah, but, uh, like, that's why it's easier to get my thoughts at least off in a podcast, because... I'm able to say something with a little bit more context and people can understand what I'm saying a little bit more um, versus just words. But I'm with you. I am with mean, it, it, look, it's a, it's a real skill to be able to um, express feelings and sh- like paint a picture with words in a spoken form or in a written form. And not everyone on uh, Twitter is a bestselling author. So that's, <laughs> right. that's kind of yeah. how it is. So I feel that. Let's move on to this trade deadline because Kelly Eco, former former, um, former member of the Dream Shake and friend of the friend of the show, friend of the site, um, he came out with a pretty, pretty big list of items about the trade deadline coming up. Mm-hmm. So starting at the top, obviously with Eric Gordon being like the primary player on that, it's that he said that Eric Gordon is getting offers but the Rockets have not accepted any of them because they feel that they can get more for him. So Mike, what are your, what are your quick thoughts on, on EG and not being able to get that? And on top of that, they're saying that if they don't get an offer, they are willing to keep Eric Gordon and they are also willing to keep him past the deadline.
1: Fairly certain. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that, The Rockets highly regard Eric Gordon as a very valuable trade asset. And I don't blame them, dude, because he is a valuable trade asset. If you do not get, for me, the conversation started at a first-round pick and a ready-now NBA player that fits the Rockets' timeline. That's a guy that is sub, 20. I would say 26 years old, is the maximum kind of guy I want for Eric Gordon. So if you have to throw in a you know a salary filler guy it better be in addition to the first round pick and a guy that fits this Rockets youth movement that's got some pretty decent upside. So it that's doesn't pretty, shock me at all. That's
0: a pretty heavy price and I don't know if the Rockets are going to be able to get a first round pick and a young player and yeah. you know salary filler unless that salary filler is um is that guy if they if they play both roles? But then again, sure. if you're if you're talking about someone that's 26 that's matching Eric Gordon's salary, which is nearly 20 million a year, and then you're attaching a first-round pick to that, then the guy you're probably getting is probably not very good value.
1: Right. That's why I'm looking the a very conversation. Good value the guy the the trade that they have to look at is acquiring that young talent first, and then working the deal around that guy and seeing depends on the team that he goes to. You know, I think there's a lot of different teams that Eric Gordon could end up with. Is it a a Knicks? Is it a? Does he go to Denver? Does he go to Phoenix?
0: I think Phoenix. Phoenix. I love that Phoenix fit.
1: You know, I think the Phoenix fit makes a lot of sense if you're willing to, you know, a first round pick, Saurich and X Y Z player.
0: And Jalen Smith.
1: Exactly. See, that's a deal. See, now you're picking up what I'm trying to put My down. My
0: concern, no, I do that, that deal in five and that's seconds. that's a very, that's a very possible yeah. scenario. I could see the Suns going for that because they are at the point where they're they're going for the championship, and and Eric Gordon could be that one person to help solidify that. Yep. But I, I don't. You know, it's weird now that there's you know ten teams that. You know, make at least the play-in. It it really limits teams like the Rockets that are sellers, because that. Well, I should say. Never mind. J- Jalen Warren Smith is the perfect guy that I'm talking about. That yeah.
1: is You couldn't build a 6'10 power forward on a team that's not getting a ton of run. He's got six and a half points, five and a half rebounds. Literally, Jeremy, you could not give me a better name. You take him. I don't even care
0: if it's Sarge. Give me anybody. You get Jalen Smith. Sarge will round. have to be the salary filler. And Sarge yeah. is not going to play this season. But I do believe he has a time. Yeah. He, I do believe he has a contract for next season. And the Rockets could use him as that stretch four who can, you know, space the floor, shoot the three, and then deal him at the next deadline.
1: Yeah. And Jalen Smith, 6'10", rim protector, you can move Wood
0: at that point, which I'm sure we'll get into at a later point. Well, but Jalen Smith is the literally Jalen Smith what is, I a, want. is a free agent at the end of the season, so and he's an unrestricted free agent. You're so, going to
1: sign him as part of the deal. You have to. To me, you don't acquire him, him and not an sign him. I an extension
0: him. right now. That, that's what should, I'm
1: saying. Sorry, what I'm saying is your intention is you bring him in to re-sign him to make him a part well, of yeah, your and, future. Yeah, and at
0: least if you have him. You have his bird rights, but I don't necessarily think – like I don't know if Jalen Smith's the kind of guy that you you know are going to be in like a major bidding war with with other teams. But like I just – that to me, if that deal is on the table, the Rockets definitely take that. I don't think there's going to be a deal that is large enough. My thinking is the Rockets are waiting for that kind of deal to come from other teams, and they haven't gotten it yet. And if the Rockets choose to keep Eric Gordon past the deadline, it's because they're not getting that kind of deal. And I do agree with you, Mike, in terms of, I think they should, they they shouldn't just give Eric Gordon away for nothing. Mm -hmm. And and they should get at least a first round pick. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get that, that young prospect like player as well on top of the salary filler. You can't, And if you don't get that now, then should you take a deal where it's just first round pick and salary filler?
1: I don't know. I mean, to me, the answer is very easy it's no. If you're Raphael Stone and you can't turn your best trade asset, arguably, it's either him or Wood, into what we just described. If you can't convince Phoenix to do that deal, that's a major problem. And we have a bigger discussion to have about Raphael Stone and company. If they can't get a guy, that's averaging six points and five rebounds salary filler in your first round pick for a team that's going to contend for a championship and needs a guy like Eric Gordon to go up against the yeah. likes of Golden State. Uh, it's a good the, deal for Phoenix, too.
0: Like a phenomenal they, deal for they Phoenix. They lose really nobody in their rotation. Exactly. And they get, and now that they sign Bismack Biombo, you know, like they have Biombo, they have Ayton, they have McGee. Jalen Smith is not seeing the floor for the playoffs. I'd be shocked if Jalen Smith didn't get traded. I just don't know if that'll be to the Rockets. I personally hope that that's the deal that the Rockets end up making just because I think it's it's worth it in terms of Jalen Smith. You You get a couple of weeks to see what he's about. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often they play him, but I do think that they would give him a decent amount of run to give them a decision. Maybe give him like the DJ Wilson minutes from last season. But I would hope that he gets a little bit more than that. Cause I do think that there is a lot of promise there considering what we saw earlier in the season. But, you know, we'll see. So that's with Eric Gordon. But Christian Wood also is another guy. Um Ooh. he's so what Kelly said is that Christian Wood is not likely to get traded, but he is getting interest specifically from the Miami Heat, which I found to be pretty intriguing um, Miami right now is currently first place in the East right now which is crazy because they've done most of that without BAM out of bio and I think that their idea is we're gonna we're gonna pair BAM and uh, we're gonna pair BAM with Seawood in the front court and I just I just don't know who they would give in return
1: can like you, can you pull what's the kids name that they drafted uh, what the hell's his name? The the big guy. Uh, they.
0: KZ Alpala?
1: No, that's not who I'm thinking of.
0: Because that's uh, kind of who what, is it? Omer Icsiden?
1: What's the guy's name? Um, sorry, I'm while we're doing this, I'm gonna keep talking. Let me see if I can figure out who I'm who I'm trying to
0: talk. Because the thing is, like, obviously Christian Wood, he he only makes you know 14 million a year. So the, it wouldn't like cost too much necessarily to get, to trade him. But I feel like if you can get like a Duncan Robinson out of this. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you do. I
1: do that deal in about five and a half seconds.
0: Cause I think Duncan Robinson has struggled um, from, I think he struggled this season. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I haven't paid too much attention to the heat, but I'm looking at his stats. Yeah, he was he was shooting above 40% last year. This year, he's only at 35%. Yeah, the guy I'm thinking of, they've he, a He's like a, moved a better a version of Garrison Matthews, though. So, like, as good as Duncan Robinson is, I don't necessarily know if he's worth it. Well, he's worth it, but here's the question. He, what you, he's getting paid, like, $80 million over the next four years. Well, but you start him. For a slight upgrade of Garrison Matthews, is that really what you want to trade <sighs> Christian Wood for? Obviously, uh, you can get picks as well, but... It's
1: it's interesting, man, because, yeah, I mean, you, if you're doing that deal, you got to swing something else, man. But, like, here's my question, right? Christian Wood, I feel like, is worth more than a Duncan Robinson. The more I'm I thinking agree. about this, I like Duncan Robinson, but I don't like Duncan Robinson for this roster because
0: you already have Jalen Green. And you have garrison matthews and he, he's literally a better version of garrison matthews let's be real and they have garrison yeah. Matthews on such a great deal that yeah. it's not worth moving on from him yet
1: right i i i gotta think like let me ask you this where are your what's your perfect where does christian wood fit in because i actually think he would fit in perfectly with bam out bio i think that's actually a match made in heaven if you want my honest opinion because he Bam's exactly the type of guy Christian Wood needs to play with.
0: Yeah, I think. Look, this is probably what the trade looks like if I'm being like truly. If like honestly, they're probably offering like Duncan Robinson to and and a first for Wood. That's probably what their know. offer is. Um, that. That's not something that I would I would personally take. Uh, I, I think the Rockets could get better for him in the off season or something like that. But I mean, like the trade works with just straight up wood for wood for Robinson. I personally would, if I had to go and ask them for another player, Gabe Vincent, the backup point guard, I think he makes a lot of sense uh, as someone who could really set up the offense and is just a, a nice, exciting young piece. But I don't know if they're willing to, trade him personally i don't think the heat need to do anything at the deadline they're number one in the east for a reason and maybe yeah you get like i think they are more of a candidate for the buyout market because they you know they're a team that's compiled of a lot of veterans and and obviously after a whole lot of you know there's gonna be a whole lot of you know maybe they're honest maybe they're looking for daniel tice maybe it's a wood maybe the deal is like wood and Tice for um, you know, some, pa- I don't know, but well, let me uh, you- moving on, moving on to, you know, um, moving on to the rest of the team real quick
1: though, I'll give you yeah. a dark horse for Christian wood. If they want to get funky with their roster is Philadelphia. If you, uh, if knowing, you-
0: knowing what I know about Philadelphia right now, they are not making a trade at the deadline. And if it is, it's a really small one. Okay. My just guess, it dark horse. That's my dark guess track. is that they're keeping Ben Simmons for uh, James Harden signing trade. Oof. That's 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 the only thing I can think of as yeah. to why Ben Simmons is still on Philadelphia's roster, because James Harden <sighs> is coming in the offseason, and that's the only thing that could maybe justify keeping Ben Simmons on your roster for a whole season, when Joel Embiid is playing as well as he is right now. That's like the How only How good thing. is he right now? Holy hell. Joel Embiid is the top five player in the league right now. Oh, not even Clay. He's top three. Top three. I would is, say. That's I, – I can't – I'm not mad at that. But, yeah, so the whole thing with Christian Wood, I don't think Christian Wood's getting traded. I think it's – I think the 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 team should listen to offers for him. I just don't think that there is a good enough offer on the table for for me to yeah. take on Christian For for me to deal Christian Wood. It has to be at least two firsts two firsts for to me to get me to really listen to a Christian would offer at least two firsts but other than that they they're we're talking about the veterans on the team Nawaba uh Daniel Tice and DJ Augustine they're also getting interest from other teams they uh DJ Augustine is not getting as much interest compared to the other two guys but I personally think Mike, that Daniel Tice out after Eric Gordon is the next likeliest rocket to get traded only because they have seen that his fit is extremely difficult with the roster they've gotten. And I think that they want to do right by him. And I think they want to trade him to a contender right now um, just because they really don't see much of a role for him.
1: No. And, and unfortunately he just doesn't have that role with us. I'm curious as to what you can turn him into because the salary, you're going to get something back. You're not just going to give Daniel Tice away. You've got to get something in return. You know, is it a, can you get him to, does he fit with the Knicks? Does he fit with, I mean, the Knicks are interesting to me for a Daniel Tice. Um,
0: Personally, here's here's kind of what I would think, and this is kind of what I would want to see. I know that this is a this is gonna be an interesting trade, but I think that I think that the Celtics. I've heard rumblings around the Celtics that they want to move on from Al Horford, and I think they would take on a Daniel Tice to kind, and maybe even a Christian Wood. Maybe I better be getting maybe maybe more than is, Al Horford. Is Wood and Tice for Horford, and let's let's throw in another guy. I mean, Robert Williams. No, they they're not trading Robert Williams. But what if I'm giving him Christian Wood, and all I'm getting is Al Horford? You better give me something else. I think
1: I would take Grant Williams. I would take Grant Williams or Robert. Yeah,
0: like like a throw in like a Grant Williams, um, and then you're looking at. Uh and then obviously you buy out Horford. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like it'd be a trade that's something like uh and maybe they trade Bull Bull too. Like or or PJ Dozier, some like just who they recently got uh in that trade, that three team trade with the Nuggets and the Spurs. So if you're saying like uh I don't know, some combination, but Al Horford being the guy that comes to Houston for the Rockets to buy out. I think that could be a scenario where the Rockets are are playing with Boston, because uh, I know that Daniel Tice is obviously you know well regarded in Boston. He was in Chicago last year. Those two, I mean, are just natural ideas based off of what we know as outsiders. But I think I think with Daniel Tice, any team that's looking for a defensive big should be looking at the Rockets for that. Like the Bucks. I could see the Bucks looking at him as well. Um yeah, they, there's a good. lot of potential scenarios where Daniel Tice works out. It's just Houston is just not one of them just because of how the front court is installed with Wood and with Shangun back there. And like I think Daniel Tice would have worked on the Rockets if Shangun wasn't so good so early. Yeah.
1: No, he, he's been he's been good. If we get rid of Tice You know, my dream scenario there, you know how much I like me some Mo Bamba. You know, can you send a a Tice to Orlando for Nawaba or for for Mo Bamba? Like to me, that makes sense. And then Orlando could then flip. Let me see how I want to phrase this. Instead of the Rockets just trying to get rid of Daniel Tice for whatever, make that Orlando's job now and you get the young prospect in Mo Bamba. I'm all in on that.
0: I don't think that's gonna happen. Would you
1: attach a second round pick to it to get it done?
0: Well, I don't think the magic would want that at all. Why like I mean they're they're basically like I don't see how Daniel Tice really helps Orlando. It it just like get knowing Orlando right now, they're worse than the Rockets at this point.
1: But you
0: Daniel Tice hasn't helped them do anything. They're they're trying to play their young guys. They're trying no, to see if Obama's worth a second contract, which I don't necessarily think he fits in Orlando because they've gone backwards since they've gotten him. But I think with like Orlando like the thing is there are so many buyers in this deadline because there are more teams that are competing for playoff, uh playoff positioning or to get into the playoffs or to not be part of the seven through ten. So the Rockets should be looking at trading with buyers. The magic are a fellow seller, and I don't see too many seller seller trades because it's there, there's way too many buyers in the market.
1: If Orlando didn't want to pay Bomba's next contract, they would then have a piece in Tice that they could in turn they pick up a second round pick from the Rockets just in this trade, just as an example. And then
0: they have Daniel Tice who who's just rotting on the bench like he is here. Well, no, they would. Fl- I'm saying it would be a flip.
1: They would get Tice to then flip him to another team and pick up even more draft capital is the way I look at it. But They're not be getting...
0: a three-team trade. Potentially, yeah.
1: You know, the Rockets end up with, with him. Tice goes to Boston, and Horford ends up going to Orlando for the Orlando to is, cut, and then yeah, Orlando she's... picks up another pick from Boston to do that. Like, Something just, like that. It's
0: difficult because the Rockets need – the Rockets need to find a way on this trade deadline, and this is a good place to, you know, kind of wrap a bow on this. The Rockets ha- need to play Wood, and they need to play Shangoon, and they need, and with this deadline, they need to be able to find a way to play two of them together. Whether they get, uh, uh, they acquire a guy to play next to Wood, or they put Wood and Shangoon in the starting lineup, and they get someone from outside to play the backup minutes. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do with this deadline. They, that's the situation that they need to figure out because the way that, and this tonight, this game tonight proved it because, Mike, there were so many layups, layups that were just given to the Spurs. And that's why, and there was no rim protection, no rim protection at all. And Christian Wood is just not that guy to ask for that. And that's fine. but if Christian Wood's not going to do it, you need someone who can. And whether that person is Shangoon, whether that person is someone else, it's not Daniel Tice. That's what we know for sure. But it needs to be somebody. And maybe that's Jalen Smith. Who knows? But the Rockets need to find a way to get rim protection in mm-hmm. this deadline. And whether that involves trading for a guy, whether it involves trading Wood, they got to figure it out. I don't think it's going to be trading Wood. But it'll be interesting to see over the next week or so
1: what the Rockets quick,
0: do two weeks and and see how they can fix this front court mess. Yeah, real mean.
1: quick, before we wrap up, I think it's an important quote. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Uh, Steven Silas, it's a tough position for Shangoon because he's playing behind one of our better players in Christian. And I don't feel comfortable at this point playing Christian and LP together. The numbers the eye test have shown that those two together has not been that great so that's something that bears mentioning and watching up until february 10th because i think that is a case, very telling statement
0: if that's the case maybe that means christian wood is on the way out
1: yeah i i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i wanted to make sure no, we i'm glad about you that did because before that the show true. ended
0: i'm glad you did because there is a lot to that and and if that's the case, then they really should be listening to those Christian Wood offers and okay. taking one if they feel it is worth the price. But also at the same time, like, I don't want the Rockets to feel like they are in a – um, like, I don't want the Rockets to feel like they are in a position where they need to trade somebody, right? Like, if they wait to trade Christian Wood after the deadline – they, to me, they have to trade him at the off season because they are not like, if, if we're saying this now, then they, then they are not the, they are not the answer. It's going to be whoever they get in the draft next to Alper and Schengen. And that means that Christian was the odd man out. And maybe they find the deal now where his value is pretty, pretty good, but at the same time. We don't know how good his value is at the moment. So with Christian Wood. Uh, it's pretty Wade, high, though. I think it's high. I mean, he's a 20 and 10 yeah. guy. Or not 20 and 10, but if they like cannot 17. get If they yeah. cannot get look, they got Robert Covington for two firsts. They should be able to get Christian Wood for two firsts, based on that logic. And if they can't get two firsts out of Christian Wood, I wouldn't trade him. That that's my own. That's my own price on Christian Wood. If you cannot get two first for Christian Wood, keep him past the deadline. Let him grow his value in the second half of the season, and then at the offseason, send him to the highest bidder. That's yeah, you specific. better get you better give me two first,
1: and I I need a player
0: because ideally, yes, yeah, I'm, yeah, a, a just person, for my a, own, a person own... that would either better fit Shangun or someone Why? that can play backup minutes to Shangun and. Give him a real rim protector. Uh,
1: yeah, I, like to me, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I would do if you could call the Knicks and get uh, what's his name, Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, and two I just firsts. Don't see it. Uh, well, I don't mean, see it. To I think me
0: too much. I think it's if, too much for them.
1: Uh, I think it's right there though. You know, you I think you can talk that front office into that deal.
0: The thing is, they just gave a first away to get Cam Reddish. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult for the Knicks to do that. I, and I don't think that they want to trade Mitchell Robinson. Like, it's going to have to be a team.
1: You're getting a fringe all star, though. Fringe, not all star. Fringe all star in Christian Wood. That's a deal you don't I want to give up Robinson.
0: Fit. I think that would be a weird fit with him and Julius Randle. I think it's a weird fit in New York. Ooh, yeah, you'd have two perimeter guys. I just don't see that happening. That's why Mitchell Robinson works, though, is because he is the rim protector and he allows Randall to be that creator. So I I don't think New York is there. But we'll talk about more of this on our Friday show against the Blazers and, of course, the shows throughout the next week and the week after, leading up to February 10th, the deadline, and the same night as TDS Night at Toyota Center – Head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets at sbnation.com for more information. We are having all the Dream Shake uh, Houston people and Darren, our managing editor, come to watch the Rockets face the Raptors on Thursday, February 10th. You can get discounted tickets in the lower bowl. We they usually sell for about ninety dollars. We're selling them for about $45, 50 you get a, a good discount, a uh, chance to meet some of the Dream Shake family, and uh, hopefully watch the Rockets win. And that same day is the trade deadline. So Mike, after the show, we need to talk about uh, full uh, trade deadline plans because we're going to definitely cook up something. One of my favorite shows that we've ever done was that trade deadline show a year ago. That was a whole lot of fun. We're definitely going to do something for it. So keep on the lookout. Follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at Dreamshake SBN for all things about The Dream Shake, The Dream Take, our shows coming up, and TDS Night on February 10th. Be sure to follow my co pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets.
1: Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow.
0: Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.